everybody, and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby, and this is episode 86 of the RV Miles podcast. To get today's show notes, head over to rvmiles.com slash podcast. And RV Miles is all across social media. Just search RV Miles. And Jason and I, along with Jack, Ethan, Henry, and Wanderbus, are at ourwanderingfamily.com. And you can also find us all across the social medias. On this week's episode, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We have been spending a lot of time in this area and have barely scratched the surface, but we're going to tell you what we have done and what we've enjoyed, and hopefully you'll get a few tips anytime you plan on coming down here to the northern part of Texas. That, plus we've got a lot of news, a tip, a new brain teaser, and more. But first, this week's episode is sponsored by L.L. Bean. This year, L.L. Bean is joining up with the National Park Foundation, the official nonprofit partner of the National Park Service, to help you find your happy place. In an amazing system of more than 400 national parks, including historic and cultural sites, monuments, preserves, lakeshores, and seashores that dot the American landscape, many of which you'll find just a short trip from home. L.L. Bean is proud to be an official partner of the National Park Foundation. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. This is our, we're actually recording a little bit earlier than we normally do. This is Wednesday we're recording here. Yeah, it's party weekend (laughs) in OKC. This is our last day in the, the Dallas area, and we are making our trek back to Oklahoma City for Abby's brother's wedding this weekend. It's going to be so crazy good. Hopefully, Jason will get to enjoy it a little bit more. He is feeling under the weather, has been under the weather. And so this podcast has already, I think we've done, what, 10 retakes? We're only <laughs> yeah. five minutes in. <laughs> I haven't been, I've been talking much the last couple of days. I'm not used to it. But they took excellent medical care of him here in the Wiley, Texas area. And we're very happy to see him on the mend. But after the wedding, we are getting on the road back down into Louisiana and doing the uh, the Gulf Coast again. I'm we, so excited. It is almost two years to the day that we left to travel full time. We had been living in the bus for about, I don't know, six months at that point, but we hadn't been traveling yet. And uh, about two years ago is when we really hit the road and started making our way south and did a similar Gulf Coast trip to what we're doing this time. Yeah, you can't see it, but I'm doing like the shrug my shoulders <laughs> dance because I'm so excited to get back down into New Orleans, go along the coast, get over to Fort Pickens, and then head east. I can't wait to head east. We're also going to spend a good amount of time in Shreveport, which we've never been there. And I that know. Should be fun. I'm yeah, I'm really really looking forward to our time in Louisiana. There is a campground that we are staying at. It's Palm Island. It's a state park in Louisiana. It's not too far from New Orleans, but a very old family friend of mine was just down there. And she said that it was amazing that they have laundry on site, free laundry on site. Now, I don't believe that pipe dream. So once we get down there, I'll have to really investigate that. But She was just saying everything that I loved. Great bathrooms, laundry, beautiful sites, playground. Cannot wait. So that's going to be a lot of fun and we're we're really looking forward to it. Let's uh, let's get into the show because we got a lot to cover. Let's start with the news. There hasn't been an innovation in RV awnings like 
ever. It's not exactly one of those products that really lends itself to a lot of innovation. I mean, it's an awning. It's right. I'm, well, there, I'm just, I mean, but it is a, it is an item that causes RVers a lot of problems. It does make for some pretty crazy YouTube videos. <laughs> so the the company Sure Shade, this is a company that has been making retractable boating shades for a long time. And they are coming out with an RV series instead of your traditional awning that sort of swings out uh, from the RV using the fabric sort of as the support for it. Really, these are are sort of retractable rods that collapse in and out and the fabric moves with them and they can withstand up to 50 miles an hour with no wind sensor or anything. You can camber them uh, to make the rain run off of them. They're self-supported. There's no side poles that have to come down to the to the side of the RV for extra support. And they're sturdy stainless steel. These were introduced at, at, a, at a booth at RVX in an attempt to get um, manufacturers to start being interested in putting them on RVs. And they're already on some of the Sprinter model Class B RVs that are out there. We'll, um, we'll put a link in the show notes of a little video so you can see what these kind of things do. They're really, it's a really interesting new look that I think will look really good on a lot of those Class B vans. Might not be the thing that's going to be working out for a lot of the big Class A's, but hey, you never know. I wish someone would create an awning specifically for school bus conversions. Yeah. Well. Wouldn't that be great? There's an innovative idea in awnings. I just had one. We need people to create something for school bus conversions. Yeah, I mean, the, the issue is that most awnings are meant to mount up against a flat surface and we need it to mount to a curved surface. People are smart, Jason. Someone yeah. can figure this I'll out. Probably just make some curved brackets or something. Yeah, there. Look, see, out. done. Go patent that and create <laughs> something because you because you need one more job. <laughs> If you're looking to head to the Grand Canyon this spring, just don't. <laughs> it is the busy season. The, the National Park posted a photo of what the entrance station looked like this morning. Jam packed. But there is good news. One thing that they I think they started doing this last year. You can now buy admission passes online and you can do this at a lot of different parks now. Uh, they've been slowly rolling it out at some of the busiest places. And then you can park in the little town just outside the front gate and hop on a free shuttle and take the shuttle in. And you get to skip that big, long line waiting at the entrance gate for people to pay. And then you only have to deal with the big, long line of yeah. people inside the park. Right. <laughs> That's not going to solve the well, crushing amount of people. At that but... point, you can go to the less popular areas. You know, I think yeah. you can get out on the trails. You can get away from the road and the parking lots and. And, and all that stuff. Very good so, point. So those are our two big news items this week. We didn't have a whole lot of news to cover this week, but we also wanted to mention that our latest episode of America's National Parks podcast will be out. We haven't recorded it yet, as normally we've recorded it be re before we record this podcast. But, but it's in the can, right? Isn't <laughs> no, that, isn't no, that, no, no, no. Oh, no, did I just use it wrong? Recorded. It's, uh, it's, it's in the nowhere. It's in the it's, it's in, in your brain. brain. It See, there's me trying to be cheeky I mean, and it backfires. I've been working on this one for a long time. I actually have a ton of research for it uh, that I've been working on put together. And it's a lot of interviews from people who were involved in some way in the Oklahoma City bombing. And a lot of people don't know that the the memorial is a National Park Service site in downtown Oklahoma City. 
And this April will be the 24th anniversary of that bombing. It's a really beautiful and moving site. Yeah. The memorial's really gorgeous. We actually, it was even having our kids there was a, a really positive thing. They got a lot out of it. They did. We did an episode on Oklahoma City. I can't remember the episode number, but Jason's going to link to it in the show notes. And if you want to go back and kind of listen to our take on it and how we were impacted by it, and obviously it has impacted Jason that he began creating this episode of America's National Parks. It's going to be coming out soon. You can go back and listen to it. Yeah, I've I've been seeing a lot of people posting on Facebook that they're getting ready to travel Route 66 and where should they stop along the way? And I my response is always don't skip Oklahoma City. It's such a great town and the bombing memorial is so moving, but there's all kinds of other really great oh, stuff so to do there. So much to do there. We really love Oklahoma City. Yeah. It's a fun little place. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back with the answer to last week's brain teaser and we're going to get into our discussion of the Dallas Fort Worth area. Be right back. We are back with the answer to last week's brain teaser sponsored by the FMCA. You guys know we love FMCA and from their motor homes, their travel trailers, their fifth wheels, bus conversions and more. FMCA is for everyone and they are here to enhance your RV lifestyle for as little as $5 a month. You can travel with peace of mind knowing FMCA has your back. Get connected with like-minded RVers on their Facebook page, forums, at conventions and events. Deals and discounts include RV insurance, roadside rescue, and a tire savings program. Plus, their medical emergency and travel assistance program is included free. A yearly membership to FMCA is only $60, but RV Miles listeners can save 10 bucks with code RVMILES19. That's all one word. Just visit fmca.com and enter code RVMILES19, or you can click the link in the show notes. And I have to say, when they talk about getting connected with like-minded RVers, it goes so much more than just their Facebook page. They have these chapters that are just little different sections of FMCA, and there are nearly 400 of these chapters like all across the United States and into Canada. And when we joined FMCA, like within 24 hours, based on the address I had put in for us, I was getting several emails, welcoming emails. Join our chapter. It's in our area. You're in our area. We'd love to have you be a member. It's so fantastic the way FMCA and the people inside FMCA really do try to foster a sense of community. And the chapters, they're not just about a general like geographic region you know they have sports do you play a musical instrument do you want to find a new place to eat it's so great I can't say that word enough about FMCA and I think if you really are looking to foster a sense of community not only in the area that you call home if you are a weekend warrior or a part-time traveler but if you're just looking to foster a sense of community as you're out on the road as well FMCA 
is just all across the board. They're just for everybody and they're so nice. And they had so many people attend Peachy and Perry. And we, Mark Walker, who's going to write about it, if we want to talk about community a little bit, he just sent us an email. He's so excited to write his article, sort of his recap on his time there, because he said that he just had the absolute best time. Yeah. You know, and if, if you're not a people person, uh, if you have no interest in fostering a community, if uh, you don't have any interest in going to rallies, it's still a great organization. Yeah, this is true. Just you for can be, all the discounts and everything. You can be a total introvert you really and can. not have to <laughs> and still be a member of FMCA. I know it might sound crazy, but I am an introvert who lives in an extrovert's world. Like that's pretty much how I describe myself on a regular basis. And if I can enjoy FMCA, I think you can too. They just announced that they have, I think they've doubled their their learning library of uh, all kinds of information for RVers of how to's and whatnot. So uh, check that out. It really, it really is for any RVer out there. Absolutely. FMCA.com. Save 10 bucks. RV miles 19. All right. Last week's brain teaser. It went like this. Which one of the following words does not belong with the other six? Issue. Mishap. Parachute. Ocean. Semi-conscious. Anxious and mansion. And the word that was the misfit is mishap. The other six words all contain the sh sound, but it's spelled in a different way in each word. Mishap has the sh in it, but you don't say it as sh. See, now I, if I didn't know the answer, which I already knew the answer, but if I didn't, I would think that mansion would be the outcast and everything else is the fear you feel. Right before you jump out of an airplane <laughs> or the things you hope don't happen <laughs> when you jump out of an airplane or the location that you don't want to be jumping over like an ocean. Our winner this week is Frank Middleton from Utah, who will be receiving a Not All Who Wonder Our Lost t-shirt. And you'll have a chance to win yours at the end of the show with the new brain teaser. All right. I wanted to talk a little bit here about a very, very controversial subject which I believe I've talked about before, but it has been creeping its way back into a lot of Facebook groups and stuff. And that is whether you should idle your engine, especially a diesel engine for like a half hour before hitting the road. People complain a lot that their neighbor is warming up their, their RV or even their truck. They maybe work a job and they're starting it at at five in the morning and letting it run for 20, 25 minutes until they get going at happy's parents house. When we were staying there the last time they have a neighbor who, I mean, literally one day he let his truck run outside for two hours. And this thing was loud. It was so loud. My parents had nicknamed him. Actually, the whole neighborhood just called him diesel dude. <laughs> that was like his nickname. Everyone know who diesel dude was. The story I was going to tell was the night that we were wall docking and we had a diesel truck pull yeah. up to us and they were pulling a trailer and they proceeded to run their truck all night yeah. long. They used their truck as a generator to charge their batteries so they could run their heat all night. Yes, long, we enjoyed <laughs> we enjoyed the smell of their exhaust for six hours. 
Yeah. It was amazingly I, horrible. I mean, you know, semi trucks do that a lot in, in the last because that's how they, you know, have their heat in their cab and stuff. Okay, we're not talking about a semi truck. But though. no. <laughs> we're talking about a Ford. <laughs> but the question is, is it important to warm up your diesel? And this is or 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 a, a gasoline vehicle, any vehicle, and whether what time of year it is, whether it's cold or not, this is a question, you know, that is for the ages. It was long considered that it was important to let your vehicle warm up for several minutes at least before getting it going. That was something that was very important in the days of carburetors. We're now 30 years away from carburetors. <laughs> and uh, it is it is not only unnecessary to warm up literally any vehicle for the most part, it does damage. When you have your engine idling at colder temperatures, it's not getting, it can't get warm enough, right? It's not getting up to temperature as fast. You will be much better served on that slow drive out of the campground, warming up your vehicle and getting it up to its operating temperature. Because the engine likes to run as at its operating temperature, right? It's it the the metal has expanded or contracted to the the right shape when it is at its operating temperature. When it's cold, it's in the wrong shape and things get unhappy real quick. And the longer you idle, the more damage, it, and it's not, da I don't wanna say that it's damaging your vehicle to, to idle it, but it is wearing the engine more than you need to. It's also terrible for the environment to sit and let it run. There's just no need for it. The only thing you need to do is let your vehicle run for maybe 30 seconds or so to get everything lubricated before you go. Okay, see, I will agree with that because, and we, you and I have had this conversation. It kind of makes me cray cray when we get in the car and you fire it up and drop it immediately down into gear. And I'm like, can we just, can we give it a second? Let's just give the car a second to recognize that we're in it and we want it to do something <laughs> before you just throw it down into reverse and head on out the driveway. That is all for me, for whatever reason, I, I don't believe anyone ever told me this. I've certainly never taken any sort of repair or car auto maintenance shop class. But for me, I just feel like like anything, just like when you wake up in the morning, you just need a minute. Just give me a minute before you want me to do something. Well, so why can't we give the car... 30 seconds before we want it to do something. But here's the thing. You're also not moving the car. When we're doing that, we're like backing out of the driveway at the campsite or whatever. The The engine is not going really any higher than it is at idle speed anyway. It's doing the same amount of work. I don't know. I just feel <laughs> like the gears shift a little bit harder. The transmission just feels a little bit grumpier when it, and I've always felt this way. It doesn't matter what car I'm owning. doesn't matter how old that car is or how new that car is. I just have always felt like it's just grumpy. It just needs, like, give it a well, second or so to, like, wake up your, and then let's go. Your vehicle might not run as well. You might have an older truck that does not run very well for the first 10 minutes or so until it's up to operating temperature. And you might think, well, then I need to warm it up for 20 minutes so that it, when I take off, it is running well, but it, it doesn't matter. Okay. I'm not it, advocating it, <laughs> for, please do not let your car run for 20 minutes yeah. before you leave. And especially if it's very loud and your name is diesel dude, please don't do that. But I just, 
for me, it's just there's always been this thing about just giving the car a second to wake up. Yeah. Before we take off. I mean, we're talking 30 seconds. Yes, I'm agreeing with you there. I also very much agree that letting your diesel RV or your truck or just your car in general run for long periods of time before you drive is a very outdated way at looking at at car care. And look, it's not just me saying this. There are I can show you a million articles from like popular mechanics, a lot of the the best resources out there that say there are no reason to. Now, there there is one reason that some diesels, especially if they have air brakes or airbag systems, might need to wait a few minutes. And that's to fill up the air pressure in their their tanks. It still doesn't take 15 to 20 minutes. It may take three, four, five minutes at at the most. Y'all don't know this about Jason, but when Jason is faced with a subject, he comes across like in a a Facebook group or whatever. When Jason says he's going to pull up a bunch of articles for you supporting his hypothesis, Jason will pull up a dozen articles. He will go and scour the dark web well, to find the, the information. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. You get into these conversations where 50 people are talking back and forth and nobody is using facts. Everybody I don't know what those are, their, Jason. Okay. What are facts? I don't understand. Here's an example. Yesterday, there's this guy in a Facebook group and one of the RV Facebook groups talking about how Fords are much less reliable than Chevys. Was his name Grant? No. (laughs) That sounds like my friend Grant. Maybe it's true. I I don't know. Whatever. You know, the the thing is that Ford and and Chevy sort of jockey back and forth for the reliability ratings. And and to be honest, they have they have different strengths and weaknesses. And you're generally not going to go wrong with with either truck. But this guy's reasoning. Uh this guy's reasoning for why he believes that Fords are less reliable is that he drives a lot and he sees more Ford trucks on the side of the road than Chevy trucks. Does he live in Dallas? Because I, not that I've seen Ford trucks, but yesterday trying to get home from the aquarium, there were like five trucks parked on the side of the highway (laughs) with their flashers on. I'm just saying. Were they all Fords? I don't know, Jason. I was, you know what? I didn't care that much. I was stuck in traffic and I was like, you're the reason why we're not moving right now. The reason why, I mean, there are several reasons why counting them on the side of the road because you drive a lot is not not a scientific method. But also also really difficult to keep tally. I mean, does he have like a little like black (laughs) notebook and he like gets home and then he writes down like his little markings like I saw five (laughs) Chevys today. I only saw three Fords, but I guarantee you I'm going to see more Fords tomorrow. I just know it. Well, there are also twice as many Fords on the road than there are Chevys. So, of course, there are going to be more on the side of the road. Now, if you add GMC, which is Chevy into the mix they're close. Ford still sells more. But if you're just talking Ford or Chevy emblems, there are definitely more Ford emblems out there. Well, Henry loves a Chevy because it looks like a bow tie. <laughs> so he's like, there's the bow tie truck. And so maybe, the would... Chev- maybe the Chevys are in, in the shop, you know, like. I... <laughs> Who knows? Who knows where all the Chevys are right now? Who knows? This anyway. guy's, Obviously, his argument was just based on his own very narrow scope of what he sees from day to day. But he felt that that was really, enough for he him. He really felt that that was better 
than like JD Power rankings. <laughs> well, I, what does JD Power know? I, no. I mean, come on. And what I love about this too, hun, is that yesterday, while I was out traversing the Dallas area with the children, having a somewhat enjoyable day. You, who are supposed to be here resting, and I'm using air quotes, were clearly invested in the Chevy Ford debate. That is <laughs> resting for me. That is not. Yes, it is actually resting for you. It's it's if you're not watching the West Wing, you're just researching something for Facebook discussions. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. I think that's enough. Enough of that. Enough of that talk. <laughs> Moving on. Hey, though, if you have any questions, we'd love to help you answer them. We might not know the answer, but guess what? Jason, I'll, I'll find some articles. Jason will find it on the dark web <laughs> or for we'll you. we'll find an expert to come and talk about <laughs> it on the show. Send us an email at editor at rvmiles.com and we'll try to help you out. All right, let's get into our big discussion of our time here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. This segment is sponsored by the standby three-in-one beverage holder. Ooh, here we go with the standby, Jason's favorite part of the podcast. Right, we have to follow what we just did with making fun of me and my use of the, <laughs> my need for the standby. It is not making fun of you. It is celebrating your love between you yes. and the three-in-one standby. Through my downfalls. <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't have it right next to you yesterday as a little comfort blanket as you were trying to heal from I did. your outpatient surgery. You know what I love that I love that our listeners have been they've been buying these and they've been tagging us in, in some of their Facebook posts about them. You know, it's a really cool little device that I'm just really happy to have. I that's that's the bottom line. It's a cup holder and a <laughs> phone holder. Yeah. I mean, you know, it took a smart guy to decide that those are two things that people have with them all the time, especially when they're driving. And it took a smart guy to realize that when Jason is scouring the Internet for articles and YouTube videos, <laughs> I need one to get hand his... <laughs> free to type. And my other hand's going to hold my right. drink in my phone. But when he wasn't thinking about Jason, he was also thinking it would probably be perfect for the car, the motorhome, the golf cart, the boat, the stroller, the camp chair. And how perfect is that you can take the foot off of it, you can stick a little stake in there, and you can just drive it right down into the ground. And then when you're sitting at your beach blanket, which we will soon be doing when we're in Pensacola, Jason's, so nice. Jason's standby we'll still get to go with him to the beach. You, well, and you guys will bring yours too. We will. We all have one. They're um, great. The kids keeps the kids from knocking their water over. I've never had an issue putting different sized drinks in here from, you know, the giant big gulps to a regular water bottle. Giant big gulps. <laughs> Man, that is, that's the 80s calling right there. <laughs> the standby is durable. It's dishwasher safe. It's UV protected. And it will always be made in the USA. Plus it comes with a little, a uh, little foam thing that helps you really snugly fit it into a cup holder like a little cup blanket yeah like you can put it in different size cup holders and it, <laughs> it fits really well you can get the standby today by visiting stand-by.com and during the month of march you can also save 20 percent off jason's snuggle blanket with the code save visit stand-bi.com and use promo code save s-a-v-e and during the month of march you will save 20 percent off we'll provide a link to the website and promo code in the show notes all right dallas fort worth dallas and fort worth are two 
major cities. Dallas is much bigger than Fort Worth, but Fort Worth is pretty big too. It has some big buildings and, and such. Big buildings. And they're sort of like twin cities, just like Minneapolis, St. Paul, except they have a big suburb of Arlington in the middle of them. And Arlington is where the Cowboys Stadium is and uh, and the Rangers Stadium. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we we spent some time there. Abby's brother lives in Arlington and uh, yeah, he's running the new esports stadium that's backed up right against the AT&T stadium. So we've spent a good amount of time in Arlington and we are now staying on the other side, the east side of Dallas in Wiley, Texas. And here in Wiley, we're staying on Lake Levon in the East Fork Park campground, which is an Army Corps of Engineers campground. We're about 30 minutes from downtown Dallas. Well, we should be 30 minutes well, from downtown yeah, so Dallas. That's, that's, but let's get that out of the way first. Let's just, yeah, Driving we... through Dallas is the worst city we have ever driven through, ever. Look, when they get all this construction done that they decided to do all at once in about a 100-mile radius, no matter where you go, it's going to be fantastic. Right now, our GPS, it does not matter if we are on Google Maps, Siri, or using the car. They, all three of them, lose their minds when we start getting into downtown Dallas because the the topography has changed so much. Well, and, and there's all these so sort of fast. flying freeway ramps that are 10 stories in the air that sort of overlap each other and everything. So it, it was really helpful to have an idea of where you're going. I would say that Google Maps, I think, has done the best, but it's uh, it's been tough. It's been tough. And... I figured it out yesterday trying to get home that really what I had to do was before uh, Siri and I started going, I went and I looked at the details and I I memorized the first three highways I was going to have to deal with to get back here so that when she started telling me, you know, stay because you know, this thing would happen where it would say, like, stay to the right but what happens is that it's almost like each highway is its own lane. Yeah, and it's and like a you, three fork and, and yes. staying to the right means stay to the middle. Yeah, <laughs> and so I needed to hear, you know, and know not just two or three miles before my exit, but five, six miles. I'm looking for 75 North. In, in these sort of really busy areas when there's exits piled on top of each other and Y's and all this stuff, you just, you got to know the exit number that you're looking for ahead of time and just follow the road signs use your gps just for the exit number and we have driven i feel like we can say now after two years on the road we have been through a lot of urban metropolitan and areas we lived for 16 years in chicago and we yes you know we have dealt with some serious traffic sitting in traffic that's one thing sitting in traffic and i'm gonna t i'm gonna i know that everybody in the kansas city area is gonna be real upset when i say this i'm about to take your worst driver award away from you and i'm gonna give it to the people with love to the people in the dallas fort worth area because you guys need to use your blinkers <laughs> and you also need to get off of my bumper and stop cutting each other off. Oh, I have, And the speed limits are so fast and it's just, I, uh, I, but I have this theory. People don't use their blinkers here. 
on the highway. They just, all of a sudden, someone's just coming over. They don't, they don't even look to see if you're there. Like they just come over. I have this theory though, because what happens when someone sees you put your blinker on and you want over in their lane, they will speed. Oh, they do. Up. It's happened they to me three times. Here. Pedal to the metal and they will speed up to keep you from getting in their lane. And so I've decided that people don't use their blinker so that they don't have to alert the person in the other lane so they can actually get over. People here, they're very aggressive, but in a way that's not uh, very safe. I don't feel safe driving in and around downtown Dallas. So lesson number one. And I rush hour is to be avoided at all costs. And it starts at like three (laughs) o'clock. Yes. And goes until like eight. Yeah. So uh, but regardless of that, we have been able to get where we need to go relatively easily. Sometimes if you just leave at the wrong time, it just it takes too long. No. And I share this information about driving in Dallas with as much love as I can muster. I am sure if. Our wonderful Dallas listeners are probably screaming at me right now. And I understand that. But just know that as someone coming into your city who is not used to your particular style of driving, um, I just basically disintegrated the steering wheel sweating through it because I was just like gripping it for dear life and and terrified. (laughs) Once you're in the city, there does seem to be a decent amount of public transportation. Um, Oh, yeah. There's I mean, there's the trolley. mm -hmm. There's a train. That even will go outside yeah, the city, like which a, a commuter train, yeah, which passed me numerous times as I was sitting in traffic on the highway. They've they've got the scooter, the rental scooters everywhere that we're seeing in all these big cities now. Can't go down the street without seeing one <laughs> or running into one. Yeah. Uh, so you do have a lot of options for for getting around Bus, buses, of course. Uh, a lot of options for for getting around the city once you're in it and you get a good parking spot. And actually, parking was pretty good. And the prices to park are very yeah, reasonable. Most yeah, parking lots that are was about surprising. Yeah, eight bucks for a parking lot. And a lot of times, I think the um, meters were, I think, a dollar fifty for an hour. Yeah. So very very reasonably priced once you get down into the city. But we're jumping a little bit ahead of ourselves. We want to kind of focus right now yeah. on just Wiley, right. Texas, which is where <laughs> we are currently at. So this this campground at the East Fork Park, Army Corps of Engineers, is miles better than the one that we stayed in on the other side of Fort Worth. Holiday that we and, talked yeah. about a few weeks ago, the ho- Holiday Park. Absolutely. Um, no murder bathhouses here. In fact, the bathhouse is is fairly new, even though it's constructed. And but I like how it's individual yeah. bathhouses. So it's there's only four. So that can and one has actually been closed the whole time we've been here. So depending on the time of day, you might not be able to get in and take a shower because it's going to be just the shower and the bathroom all in one space. These are more like prison bathrooms instead of. Murder bathrooms, but they are very, very, very clean prison bathrooms. Yeah, they've actually grown on me, which <laughs> it's so funny that I I think I'm more pro than you are because I have appreciated the privacy it has yeah. afforded me. It's that, nice to yeah. be able to lock the door and it's Absolutely. all yours. And, and to yeah. have the sink and the mirror and just to have it feel a little bit more like an actual bathroom in your RV or in a sticks and bricks. So I have really liked that. It's a great campsite. You know, there's plenty of space for the kids to run around. I'm just saying, you know, if you build a brand new prison and there's a a private bathroom in it and you're the first one to ever use it, that's kind of what it's like. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't have a lot of experience with prison bathrooms, Jason. So you know, I mean, I, the toilet's metal. The, I mean, I'll the, go. The mirror is is a, a sheet of steel instead of glass, so you can't really see yourself in it. No, and they should really be using a different cleaner on it because it's just so streaky. But they're very nice here. In fact, we were actually supposed to leave today. And because we've been here for two weeks, but because of everything that happened with Jason on Monday, it was not advisable for us to be driving and and picking up and leaving today. And they had zero issue. In fact, they were so kind and understanding and letting us delay a day, even though that put us over the two week limit, because obviously we had a, a very good reason to, but they were just, you know, very concerned and wanted to make sure that he healed well and that we were safe out on the road. So I really appreciated that. I didn't tell you this, but the, the gate guard, when they sort of did their drive through yesterday, they actually stopped by while you, you, the Abby and the kids were out yesterday. They actually stopped by and checked in on me. Oh, she is so nice. They're a couple. And when I was leaving yesterday with the boys, I stopped up at the gatehouse to um, fill out the information. And I stood and talked to them for the longest time, probably like 15, 20 minutes. And they were they were so genuinely concerned about you, very interested in our family. So it doesn't surprise me that they came over to check on you. Even today when I left this morning, she asked how you were. And uh, they are mowing today. It's mowing day at this campground, which was, you know, choice day for us to choose to record. It's so, the first day of spring. You have to get the mower out. <laughs> if you happen to hear that, that's, that's what the buzzing in the background is. Uh, this campground is like it is on a lake. Uh, it is attached to there's a little uh, private harbor nearby. I'm not sure if you can drop your own boat in there, but there are other places to uh, to drop a boat in if you have one. There have been people here with kayaks and canoes all uh, over the last two weeks coming in and out and it's a pretty quiet park not not much happening in terms of people and no it's really grown on me in the couple of weeks that we have been here I really what I love I think the most about this particular campground is its proximity to life and I mean in the respect of being able to go to the grocery store Abby went I, to Walmart for times yesterday no four times on monday on monday i went to walmart four times on monday i still haven't decided how i feel about that <laughs> one of them was to get your medication so yeah. i went on your behalf but the really great thing is that you're only we are only a five minute drive to walmart we're only a five minute drive to really the kind of the main strip of wiley texas they have just about every kind of restaurant you could think of they've got multiple places to go shopping they have a beautiful little downtown yeah that, the downtown is real quaint the kids got their haircuts down there right, i did right as well in yeah in a and little you did, yeah yeah thank you groupon and uh and there's a nice little playground downtown big big, big playground actually where yeah. the kids really have spent a lot of time at. And they made some friends that they saw on a repetitive basis over there. And that little downtown has bakeries and small businesses, independently owned businesses and little restaurants. And again, that downtown is only about 10 minutes from here, 10, 15 minutes tops. So it's been really nice. You know, we can come into Wiley and have more than enough to do here that we weren't feeling the need to always go into Dallas in order to feel like we were exploring the area. Yeah. In some areas, you you, you might be staying in a campground. Uh, let's say Santa Fe, for an example. The campground we were staying outside of Santa Fe, still about a half hour into Santa Fe. But 
nothing in between the campground and Santa Fe. So no. if you needed to go get something, do something, you had to make that big drive into the city. I wasn't driving four times to Walmart right. when we were in Santa right. Fe. Also, Wiley has two Starbucks. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> probably three. because there's a, Actually, three because there's a Target. <laughs> so there's one inside the Target as well. Um, Sometimes we like to camp to get away from it all. Sometimes we like to be near everything. And right now I'm really enjoying being near everything because, you know, when we were down in the San Antonio and Austin area, that campground that we were at was kind of removed from everything. Yeah. Just to get to a laundromat, I had to drive a half an hour. Whereas when I did laundry here, I drove two miles and that was fantastic. Wiley has been a really great jumping off point for our family as we have been here for the last couple of weeks. We recommend this campground. We recommend this area. Is there anything else that I'm forgetting before we jump to break? No, I think that covers it pretty well. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about all the great things we did in Dallas. All right, we are back and we are here to discuss more of our trip to the Dallas, Texas area. We barely, barely scratched the surface. There's something there's so much to do here and so much that we wanted to do and just didn't have time for because some of my medical issues and other things that came up. But we did get to experience a lot of great stuff here and, and we're excited to be able to tell you about that. But first, this segment is sponsored by the Togo app. We are full-time road warriors who are living tiny, which means we know the importance and the struggle of staying organized. It is such a struggle to stay organized. And we also know that it is important to stay up to date on RV maintenance. Thankfully, there is the Togo app. Togo is the organizational app that simplifies, enhances, and improves RV ownership. With Togo, everything you need to own and operate your RV is in one convenient digital space. It's sort of like a digital glove box, but without all the extra clutter. And maybe you'll be able to find a napkin because for whatever reason, I feel like we put napkins into the glove box it and then the, the, the eat some. It's and then like I go socks to get, yeah. the laundry. But yeah, with Togo, you can track maintenance, set reminders, and even keep track of registration details. Plus, there are checklists. And if you have been listening to us from the beginning, you know how we love the checklist. It's got pre-built checklists in it for Which, you to use, and then you can create your own as well. Do you remember when the refrigerator opened because I hadn't locked it? Yeah. In the beginning day. And this was before I was reminding myself that there were just some things in the fridge that needed to be put down in the little basket area when we travel because they're going to shift. And so the fridge opened and those things like the mayonnaise and the ketchup <laughs> came flying out onto yeah. the white walls. Um, oh, man. All those days. The good old days of being newbies on the road. I think we had chili all over oh, one gosh. time. Let's not. Let's not talk about it. But. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you have a checklist, then you know that you've got everything you need secured and you're ready to go. Yeah. And these aren't just checklists for driving off. It's like annual maintenance checklist. The app sends you reminders. You can put in dates that can suggest dates for you based on your rig of when certain pieces of maintenance need to be done. 
And based on when the last time you did them was, you'll get little alerts. You'll get reminders. It's time for an oil change. It's time for a lube job. It's time to uh, rotate your tires, whatever. So whether you're a full-time traveler or a weekend warrior, Togo is designed to make your life easier is basically what we are saying. So simplify your travel experience and download the Togo app spelled T-O-G-O in the U.S. Apple Store or Google Play. An RV that runs with Togo enjoys more miles with less trials. I really, I really love that slogan. <laughs> Download the Togo app today. All right. So Dallas, Texas, once we actually got into town <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it wasn't that terrible, right? No. And we listened to audiobooks. We are currently enjoying going through some of the early Hardy Boys books and we were just enjoying some audiobooks on the drive, so it was fine. First off, let me say, much of the time we have spent here has been during spring break and uh, also St. Patrick's Day weekend. Busy. And basically, we were here while it was very busy in the yeah, area. Which some parts got kind of cool because of that. and But for the most part, we remembered why we like to do things on weekdays. And, and not on the weekends. Not on the weekend and, <laughs> yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Um, but our first foray really into downtown Dallas was actually to visit a park that was right next to where we parked the the van to to sort of explore and this was called the clyde warren park in the art district it was right by the pro museum which we're going to talk about in a minute but yeah, and there's an art museum over there there's so much to do in this particular section but this park itself is just a destination on its own first of all i was bowled over by the number of food trucks there must have been like 12. Oh, glorious food trucks. <laughs> the and not smell one, was wonderful. Not one food truck was like the other, no, which was also right. fantastic. And all kinds of people of all different walks of life all over the place playing and picnicking. And uh, the, the park area itself, they have a great new play structures and stuff. We're just overrun with a ridiculous number of kids it was also it was a saturday but it was also the first real nice weather day that this area had had in quite yeah. some time there had been a lot of cloudiness and rain and cold and so i think everyone just really wanted to be outside but the draw of this park is that it really does build a sense of community. So there is a restaurant on site there. They have a band shell where there was a musician who a guitar soloist who was playing some music. They also have a lending library. They had racks of books out for adults and kids that you could just take to read. There was a kiosk where for free you can check out yard-sized board games. Not just yard-sized. They have regular-sized board games too. Yes. All kinds of different games they had. But the Uno deck, a Uno card, would have knocked Henry over. It was so big. <laughs> but we checked out the the yard size Connect Four game, which was hilarious. It, it was, was so great. Like each of the little Connect Four circles was probably the size of a of a small plate. Like a know? saucer. Yeah. And they had Jenga and they had uh, bags or some of you might want to call them cornhole. I cannot get behind that. Um, <laughs> they had small board games that you could play at your table. They had tables all around. But really right in the heart of this park is just a big slab of grass. And that's where people were playing their games or putting out their picnic blankets and just really sort of enjoying the beautiful views of the city around you. And 
I have to say that that for me was one of my favorite experiences. It reminded me so much of home, of Millennium Park downtown in Chicago, mm-hmm. of the afternoon spent listening to the Grant Park Orchestra or just taking our picnic down there and strolling over into the Maggie Daly playground area. I, I really, this really resonated with me and also because it was plunked right down into the art district. So that's just going to be right in my wheelhouse. It's going to be museums and activities that I really gravitate towards. It's also built over a highway. A sunken highway. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's sort of a reclamation of, of space, you know, turning it green again, which yeah. I really love. I did too. So we were there for a couple of hours. It was very busy. So You know, for us, we usually only last in those spaces just a little bit, and then we need to kind of move on. Plenty of room, and we found a table right away. There, there was still plenty of room, and I think we may have gotten there right after a St. Patrick's Day parade because a lot of people were were in some regalia. Yes, they were. They were decked out. Dallas loves its St. Patrick's Day, and we did. We spent. We brought our lunch. And we sat down, we had lunch, it was great. And then from there, we moved on to the Perot Museum of Science and Natural History. It is named after H. Ross Perot, former presidential candidate and and billionaire uh, that is, of course, a Texan. Can I finish? (laughs) This museum is, it's a natural history museum, kind of combined with a science and technology museum. Yeah, I would say it's more natural history than science. A great dinosaur display, an entire floor dedicated to the prehistoric era. And oh, I'd say we spent a real decent chunk of our Saturday there. We were amongst a crushing amount of people. I don't think I've ever been to a busier museum. No, it was very busy. Now, I would say, yes, I have been to a busier one, and that would be MSI during the holidays. Yeah. That's you know the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago when they do their Christmas Around the World exhibit in December. It is just a madhouse there on the weekends. Um, but this really gave MSI a run for its money. And What makes it difficult when you go to a museum and it's so busy like that is that you have a hard time being able to actually interact with the museum itself. Yeah, a lot of this stuff at this museum is really neat, interesting stuff that only one person can do at a time or a group of three or six or whatever can do at a time. Little rooms that you have to wait in line to get into, that sort of thing. So that sort of stuff would be great on a day that wasn't so busy. But because it's so busy, we had to skip a bit of that stuff. Yeah. And they had this traveling exhibit that was also there. First, the Art of the Brick was there, which is this Lego exhibit that's been traveling around the country that um, is taking Legos and recreating famous pieces of art or different pieces of art. They also have this exhibit that we're not sure if it's a traveling exhibit or if it's just being recreated in different museums across the country, but it is sports performance based and it gives you the opportunity to test your endurance, your skills up against a simulated athlete. We did this reflexes skill where you had to sit down and then these lights, you had like a row of probably like 20 lights in front of you and they would flash in all different ways and you had to touch them 
and you had to try and, and use your peripheral and you had to touch them as quickly as you could. And then you would stand up and you would do it on a bigger platform and you would have to do it that way. And Jason almost broke the record that day. Uh, I, if, you I had very, a, if I had one more time, I would have broke the record. I know, but we didn't want to have to stand in line and wait. But, you know, Jack got to do this thing where he was shooting hoops and it was filming him. And then it would show him in slow motion what he looked like so that he could work on his form. So it's a lot of activities that professional athletes participate in to hone their skills. So we've seen this this exhibit before, this sports exhibit at a different museum, and it's nearly identical. That's why we're not sure if it's traveling or if it's just recreated. But one of the best parts of this exhibit is they have a track, a running track with a giant video screen next to it. And you get a you know you get a starting gun uh, that goes off and you race a olympic athlete or a dinosaur yes the dinosaur is really really popular opponent so that was one of the many things that's there in the museum it is an all-day museum for sure there's plenty to keep you active we saw an imax movie in 3d called america's musical journey that goes to different cities across the country and talks about their influence on music and the cultural diversity and really just how these places kind of gave birth to America's sound. Really relevant content for us because, you know, it's about it was about travel and about culture and music altogether. And of course, Jack is a, a big music fan. All of our kids really are. Yeah. And Chicago was really predominantly featured in this film, which was lovely. New Orleans was in there. Nashville was in there. Um, am I missing? I can't remember. I think I'm yeah, there's a lot of things. Seattle. Yeah, all Seattle. Yeah. Oh, yes, of course, because we they talked a little bit about Kurt Cobain. And so it just it was a great film of the three that were available. I'm really glad that we picked that particular one. If you happen to be out and about in any museum across the country and you see America's Musical Journey 3D, absolutely take the time to it's see it. It's worth it. It's not the type of story you expect to be in 3D, uh, but they actually used it really effectively to sort of animate old photos and, and stuff and really find ways to link the past with the present through new types of animation and, and three dimensions. I, it's hard to explain, but they did a fantastic job with it. Vitruvius narrates it. So <laughs> Morgan Freeman is who she's referring yes. to, the narrator of all ages. Then, yes, there's nothing this man can't narrate that I won't listen to. Uh, so, yeah, we had a, a fantastic time at this museum. Great spaces for the kids to play. Interesting exhibits for for the adults and the kids. And lots of nice outdoor spaces as well. It was all around a good time. Yeah. And we should mention that this museum is part of Dallas offers a city pass. This museum is one of the options with the city pass. And it's an absolutely fantastic way to see Dallas at a very affordable price. You get five places to choose from. You get three that are automatically included. That's going to be the Perot Museum, the Reunion Tower Geodeck, and the Sixth Floor Museum, which is dedicated to uh, the JFK Memorial there in downtown Dallas. 
then you get to pick from the Dallas Zoo or the George W. Bush Presidential Library Museum. So you get four attractions and it's only $51 for an adult and $35 for a kid. And if you're coming into Dallas and your main goal is to really try and experience Dallas and everything it has to offer in regards to culture and attractions and history, then I think this Dallas City Pass is fantastic. I so appreciate metropolitan areas that are starting to do this. And we're seeing it more and more and more. Yeah, really every major city has one now. They're not always a great deal. You have to be careful because sometimes they throw in attractions that you just weren't going to visit. So we're always careful at looking at them. Sometimes they're not a great deal. Sometimes they're a very good deal. And this one, this one is a very good deal because I think it's because it limits it to the, it's these five or six places. You get a choice between two of them And they're all sort of the top attractions that people want to go to. Yeah. And I think they said something like the savings total. If you were to just buy these, you know, the four attractions you go to and you were just to pay out of pocket for all of them with the city pass, you're saving 40 percent. And that to me, you know, you're almost saving half what it would cost for you to go and do these things. So absolutely, if you find yourself in this area with plenty of time to do this. I think you get nine days from the day that the pass is activated to complete everything. It's worth it. And one of the things that is on there besides the Perot Museum that we did was the Dallas Zoo. This was a good zoo and it had been recommended to us by several people. We know our zoos and people know that we really enjoy going to zoos. And so we had a lot of high hopes for this one just because it had been sort of Oh, if you're going to go, you have, you know, if you're going to be in Dallas, go to the zoo. It was an all day event for us. Absolutely lived up to our expectations. Again, incredibly busy because it was spring break and St. Patrick's Day weekend and and all that. But it didn't feel as crushing because and we talked about this. There's a big difference between being in a museum where there's just tons of people and you're all just on top of each other trying to look at this one dinosaur or this one gem or you want to experience this one activity. At least at a zoo, for the most part, it's big enough that that same amount of people feels a little less oppressive. Yeah. Now, there were a couple places we got into where it was just especially over by like the giraffes and over in um, like over in Africa that just I mean, there were a lot of people, but it's worth it because that section of the zoo was really that giraffe exhibit and you can go and you can feed the giraffes and the way they have all of that laid out, they have done an exceptional job of recreating what it would really be like for these animals out on the savannah. Yeah, you know, a lot of zoos still have three giraffes. So this zoo has like 12. <laughs> They'll have three elephants. The zoo has like 12. And they have babies and they're doing a lot outside of the zoo to protect these animals as well, raising awareness. They were raising money actually the day we were there for their elephants and for the work that they do with them. It was a very fun afternoon and we were there for quite some time even with Jason feeling under the weather and he was really under the weather because it was Sunday kind of the day before everything went down for him and he still feeling as bad as he did was I was the one that was like we need to go hun let's go home you need to be resting and he did not want to leave he's no I'm fine I'm fine let's just keep going so I think that speaks to how enjoyable the Dallas Zoo is 
that someone who the very next day is going to go have outpatient surgery <laughs> doesn't want to leave the zoo. Yeah, it, it's it, it's just uh, it's a great space because not only is there a lot of room, the animals have a lot of room as well. They really do have a, a ton of room here. And it is just another one of those. Everything is bigger in Texas things They're that they're not joking when they say that. They're not. So then there's a place that Abby and the kids went to that is not a part of this city pass, but this is a a separate place, but it is well worth it as well. And I'll let Abby take it over because I didn't get to go. I was homesick. So, yeah, Jason had to stay home and the kids and I went down to the Dallas World Aquarium, which is not too far from the Perot Museum. So, again, everything is kind of just in this one little pocket. Like if you're hoping to maybe grab a few things for a weekend, this is a great area to explore. What is really cool about this aquarium, and I got to talk to Kyle for a little bit when we first got there, was that it's in their historic West End district. And that the aquarium itself is an old warehouse. The first part of the aquarium is an old warehouse from 1801. And so the adjacent buildings then have been purchased and they have built on top of this. And it just has this very industrial and urban feel to it. Like you can feel the history of the building. You can see the expansion. And I loved the idea that it actually started out as an event venue. The owner had just sort of this aquarium exhibit that, you know, people could come to during the day or on off times from events. But really it started as an event and you could rent this place out. You could host your event here and you would have this little aquarium. And then just through there, it has just kind of skyrocketed. And, you know, they have all these exhibits that are, you know, from the, um, you can go to the Orinoco rainforest. You know, you can go into South Africa and you can walk. So when you go into the aquarium and you go to see the sharks, you actually can walk into a tunnel underneath the body of water. And so you can watch the sharks. They had a sawfish and then they, I can't exactly remember the name of the sharks that they had in the tank, but they will swim around you and over you and they have the lighting in such a way that sometimes you don't see a shark until it's like right up on you and so it's a little startling but in a very sort of exciting way we sat there for the longest time and Ethan loved Ethan loves turtles and tortoises and they had so many here and he loved that he also claims that he saw while he was there the fastest moving turtle he's ever seen. <laughs> and at first he thought it was because the turtle was being friendly. And he's and he said something like, oh, look, this turtle's going over to make a friend. That turtle was not going to make a friend. That turtle was going to claim its territory <laughs> from another turtle. And Ethan said, oh, no, that's not friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just they have, you know, you can eat inside the they have a couple of different restaurants you can eat at as well. And It is absolutely, I would say, a a good solid like afternoon event. Now, it was still really busy while we were there. There were a couple of school groups. And this was on a weekday that you were there. Yeah, we were there on Tuesday. And so they were. And when I was talking to them, they had said, look, we're still dealing with we've got some school groups here, but we're also still dealing with a little bit of spring break. So it was very, very busy. And some of the exhibits and some of the different layouts of the floor, because, again, they're kind of having to work in and around this urban space. So where you might think you go into a museum and it's this big open building, 
they really have these small pockets of little rooms and small pockets of architecture that they're working around. And I love that about it, but it makes it sometimes incredibly difficult to navigate when there are a lot of people and everyone was sort of jockeying for, I want to be able to get through before this next person. Um, I will say another thing about it. I have this um, pretty well-known like snake phobia (laughs) and uh, (laughs) yes, you're Tammy Epperson, my darling mother-in-law tagged me today on Facebook. Um, I didn't actually look at it. I I couldn't. It was I started, a post about, I, mm-hmm. about, oh, it's spring and the snakes are out in Texas. And it was, it was a minivan that looked shockingly like ours where they opened the tailgate and like in the, in the, in the door jam area, there's the big snake curled up. I can't, I can't deal with it. It's just making my palms sweat. Um, and my palms were sweating while we were at the Dallas World Aquarium because they have an anaconda. Ooh. And I glanced at it from a distance because I try not to impart my fear upon the kids. And I, you know, I want them to go and look. And I was doing my best to encourage them to go over while just being like, I'm going to be over here about 20 yards and you guys go and then bring your little brother back to me. Um, But even from a really far distance, oh my goodness, that thing was so big. Oh, and they have, I have to say this too, they, they have up on their third floor in the canopy area of the rainforest, they have this beautiful waterfall and they've got lush. Oh, Jason, you would have loved it. They have just lush greenage everywhere and they have little, they have tamarinds, but they also have like a tiki bar where you can like legit get a strawberry daiquiri. You can get a grown up drink or you can get some food. And right next to it is a sloth just hanging out in the trees. You can be three feet from a sloth. And it's very cool. They do a great job of safely giving you the opportunity to interact closely with the wildlife that they have there in the Dallas World Aquarium. So I would definitely encourage you if you do the City Pass, this is a great addition to the City Pass. It is about $21 for an adult, $17 for a kid, but it's money well spent. You'll have a great time in the Dallas World Aquarium. We have two food recommendations. The first is conveniently located right across the street from the Perot Museum. So when you get done there, just pop over to El Phoenix Mexican Restaurant and enjoy some delicious and really reasonably priced Mexican food, Tex-Mex, whatever you want to call it. It was so good. I had the steak burrito. And you had... I had a, a, a enchilada, but it was beef enchilada that they cover with chili, which was really good. Now, this restaurant is over 100 years old. It's beautiful inside, too. It's decorated in vibrant and beautiful colors. And you walk in and you're like, this is going to be a good Mexican restaurant. And it really was. And it, again, I said it was very reasonably priced. Their margaritas were $6. They do a happy hour where their margaritas are only like $3.50. And for the month of March to celebrate their birthday, kids were eating free all month long. Yeah, it was a surprise to us too. And that, uh, Yeah, I mean, that's why I got the margarita. Because I, mean, I was like, you're eating for free, so I'm really drinking. A really nice dinner for 
what, under 40 bucks? Under $40. Everyone had a meal. Everyone had drinks. I had an adult drink. And with tip, we still left under $40. That is unheard of for our family when we go out to eat. Yeah. It was fantastic food. It was yeah. the best Mexican food we've had so far in Texas. In I Texas, yeah. for sure. And so finally, I feel like we, of course, can't leave this podcast without talking a little bit about pizza. Because we, of course, have been eating pizza. You know, we love our pizza. And we did eat. Um, I don't think you were as crazy about it as I am. I actually really, really liked it. We ate at this place called Mama's Pizza, which is really just in the Fort Worth area. They've got like four or five locations. We did a carry out one night when we were at my brother's and there's nothing spectacular about this pizza. I don't think pizza has to be spectacular in order to be good, but they do this really cool thing with the crust. So like, let's say you just lay your pizza out flat. Okay. And then you're going to put all your toppings on it. And then you've just got like this big section what's just left with the crust. Well, it seems like what they do is they pick up all that extra dough and they fold it over so the crust has like you you could separate the crust. It's almost like two pieces attached to each other, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like if you were going to make a, a small pizza, let's say they'll roll out the dough the size of a large and fold and then, it over. Yeah. Tell us the size of a small on the edges. Well, that's well better explanation there, Jason. Thank you. And so and then they brushed the crust with some sort of like butter garlic. I, mean, I thought it was great. It was yeah. good. You know, we did. Um, and it was it was so enjoyable for me because I was with my brother and my family and they like to eat Supreme pizza. And Jason does not. Jason will not eat vegetables. So, <laughs> I eat vegetables, just not on pizza. When was the last look? I'm gonna put you on the spot. What was the last vegetable you ate? And when was it? Okay, point point made. He's going to go back. I have hardly been eating the last three days. No, so that it's doesn't hard, count. It's hard it doesn't to, count. Well, it's hard to remember the meals. I mean, at at uh, the Mexican restaurant, there was, you know, rice. <laughs> <laughs> you had salsa. I had salsa at the Mexican. There was ketchup on my hamburger this afternoon. Get, get out of this bus. Get out of town. So... I really enjoyed this pizza. The Supreme pizza was excellent. We also had a cheese and a pepperoni. So if you are looking for pizza, it's not in the Dallas area, but it's not too far to jump over to Fort Worth. Absolutely recommend Mama's Pizza. So that's our time in Dallas, and we really enjoyed it here. We had a, a great experience. Would love to stay more. Are definitely going to come back and spend some more time here and do some more of the stuff that we weren't able to do, like the Dealey Plaza Kennedy sites, just a, a whole plethora of art and uh, and nature type stuff around here that we just didn't get to touch at all. So we hope you'll come check out this area as well. It's really well worth the visit. Let's wrap this episode up with a brain teaser. A fish has a tail as long as its head and a quarter the length of its body. Its body is three quarters of its total length. Its head is four inches long. How long is the fish? If you think you know the answer, send us an email at editor at rvmiles.com or a direct message on any of our social media, and you might win a Not All Who Wander Are Lost t-shirt. Make sure to send your answer before next week's episode comes out and make sure to give us your name 
and your location as well. well if you win, we'll, we'll always ask those things. But yeah, we really need it by Thursday of yeah. every week. Yeah. From the previous episode. Yeah. Because yeah. while we like to say we're going to be better at maybe getting these not, you know, recorded Friday night at midnight. Uh, <laughs> you never really know with us. But as long yeah. as we have your answer by Thursday, you're definitely going to get dropped into the random drawing. So I think on that note, we should maybe think about getting you back in bed. Or at least getting you uh, some medicine because you're looking like a man who's um, done talking. I'm done talking. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, for joining us as always. And hey, if you haven't headed over to Facebook and joined the RV Miles Facebook group, what are you waiting for? We're all over there having a great time laughing, talking about the RV and travel lifestyle. So come on over and join us. And of course, if you're enjoying the podcast as well, we would absolutely love it if you would share it around your social media circles or please leave a review over on Apple Podcast. Even if you don't listen there, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, we're actually, we're contemplating a few format changes coming up. Nothing too drastic, but we've got some interesting ideas that we want to add into the show and and, and change things up a, a, just a little bit. So we'd love to hear kind of what some of your ideas might be for that as well. Let us know that, especially in the Facebook group. We'd love to hear. Yeah. So until next week, you guys have a great one and keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.